Welcome everyone to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete. Feels good to be back. The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek for episode 421, the penultimate, Matt, in season four, The Return is brought to you by the Hague Bottle Openers. You're not going to need one if you cheated with a robot. Wow. Well, Pete, as we are recording this on uh, Wednesday, May 10th in the afternoon, Eastern time zone, etc., no news on Shield renewal yet. However, within the last hour, uh, the announcement that uh, ABC has renewed Scandal for one more season. So, Pete, we've doubtlessly already had the phone calls to the obvious renewals hey good news Grey's Anatomy you're back for more and all that uh now as we record some of these uh happy happy sad calls as I like to call them good news you're back for next season can't wait to do more this next season will be the last one so pete i don't know if this slipped out i don't know if this is now opening the floodgates for we will know abc's schedule by the end of the the evening i know this pete if we get news while we record the podcast we will uh well we'll probably just record a second one just to to make it totally clear episodic versus uh versus show news but uh pete this is the season we are doubtless going to be doing another Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast between now and next Wednesday as we update the status of our beloved series. I mean, we certainly hope it's it's not the end of the series. All signs point to no, and I think there are a lot of reasons for guarded optimism. But at the same time, you've had shows with very faithful followings, I think, of... Um, Sleepy Hollow for one uh, that have uh, have been uh, canceled. So you, you never know until you've got that renewal. Well, Pete, we will uh, we we will keep those ponderifications for the future. Let's get into this episode now. When we catch you up on what went down, the teaser mat begins with a drill platform. And then we're underneath it where a submarine is docked. And uh, at the window there, we see Ivanov reading. And he's saying to somebody uh, kind of in the frame, but not quite clear. There's a hammer present that uh, there's actually a few funny passages in here. He's referring, of course, to the Darkhold. And then he hears some noise. Is, is the, uh, the puppet uh, finally uh, made herself into a real girl? Uh, speaking to that other person um, in the foreground. He then hears and catches uh, mid conversation the colson may fitz ada drama from last week super fun opening to things that affects heavy shot where we see the oil rig uh during the day maybe it's a a a conceptual reuse of the night establishing shot that we got still you know it's all new lighting all new run it through the computer etc the fact that we go underwater 
through the window to a scene taking place is uh, once again a credit to Mark Kolpak and company. And uh, I also like Pete, kind of the Back to the Future 2-esque nature in mm-hmm. which the uh, the shocking end, or is it, to the uh, framework storyline we see played out from a different angle. And uh, indeed continue cutting to Colson and May, this idea that they can never get a break. Uh, but hey, May, you must know Hydra's plans after all. Uh, a little bit of catch-me-up dialogue here. Uh, no no complaint after p- parallel worlds, alternate timelines, that sort of thing. Um, and with that, Pete, Ivanov comes in. Restrictions have now been lifted. He is free to kill. I think another important story check-in is the idea that Coulson explains to us as the audience that uh, Ada who we're going to call Ophelia in this new incarnation for this episode. She has inhuman powers. Now later on, it's directly referenced the uh, ability she gained from Gordon to teleport. And then uh, she employs uh, the electricity that we've seen Lincoln use before. So uh, all that leading into the physical confrontation with Ivanov which ends, Matt, in what I like to call a shield capitation. <laughs> Just a, a, a wonderful, whimsical moment. I don't know if you could get away with this at 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock. I don't know how ABC would feel. But certainly the idea of chopping off a robot's face with a clear power shield, it's its just incredible, incredible fun, particularly since, I mean, Ivanov laid it out. Restrictions have been lifted. I can kill you now. Um, and the fact that he gets, uh, as you say, Pete, or what did you say? Sh- shield capitate? What was it? I mean, I'm taking liberties. His face came off, but I, I like shield capitation. Myself. His face off. <laughs> um, but of course, in the best grand tradition of uh, the LMD storyline, Pete, way back, way back in January and February, um, there are doubles. There are more of them and they have a plan, Pete. And uh, that takes us to the title card, Resplendent in its Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That's it. No LMD, <laughs> no Ghost Rider. You know, Pete, if this, let's just say if, if these are the final two episodes, they end with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. exclamation point. On the Zephyr 1 there, peeling away, taking fire. Um, we uh, catch up with that particular group of uh Piper and Yo-Yo and Simmons and uh, Daisy before Matt quickly were back with Colson and May for more recap. Well, and even before we head back to them, there's there's a little bit of recap, which again, it's it's necessary. And quite frankly, they knew that they were doing consecutive episodes. But after all the twists and turns of last week, reorientation is appreciated. Um, Mac is alive in the framework. That's kind of made clear, which at that point, Pete, got to give credit where, it's, uh, credit where credit is due. Our pal uh, Jen on Twitter has been saying all week, believe in Mac. Mac is coming back. And uh, this was the first inkling where I said, maybe she's going to be right. Um, and the really nice transition here, who's firing at Zephyr 1? Cut to Colson saying, kind of mid-conversation, the Russian. Um, cause that's kind of who's also firing at them, Pete, but, but take <laughs> us back under the water, the Russian who's called the Russian because he's Russian. Pete, this a week where it's just a little easier to imagine 
that the Russians are bad guys. Yeah, certainly. And uh, where things could get messy, as Coulson explains to May, who he's not been with, real May, since sometime during, as she asks, the Robbie Reyes Ghost Rider storyline, Matt. So at least on our calendars since some point in November. Uh, And that is a perfect transition uh for her to get the catch up which is also a sly way to seed the end of this episode pete oh you don't know may robbie reyes was pulled into another dimension by the ghost rider gee whiz don't know if he'll come back when he'll come back i don't pay attention to social media and don't expect him to come back in about (laughs) 52 minutes yeah yeah Uh, it's all good fun this is zero criticism by the way necessary story seating necessary catch me up we've been so many places since ghost rider left they have to do this just to remind people whether they're diehard fans or not and this is just great great fun i only wish for the people like you matt that don't even watch the previews that they could maintain that secret like where did you get that spoiled i mean I feel at some point last week, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. tweeted in the, in the morning, um, skull, skull, skull emoji, fire, fire, fire emoji, something like that. And I was like, all right, well, that's, that must be Ghost Rider. And then I just... offered to give you finale spoilers a week ago as spoiler Matt. Um, and I, I want everybody here to know that uh, he swore them off. Well, I don't know whether he re- had reverted to... Uh, spoiler free Matt or Soiler Matt or whatever, whatever <laughs> identity he's currently going with. But I had the goods before any kind of uh, social media announcement. Um, and I, I can cite the text message. No, don't want to know. All I can say, Pete, is my time in the framework. I didn't do the kind of things the fits did. So I, I, I the goodness <laughs> stayed in me. I kind of like to think of myself as as the the Phil Coulson of the uh, the little framework adventure that we went on, and I still maintained most of my goodness. Well, there you go. Um, maintaining most of her goodness, despite the fact that she wasn't really there, the discussion with Coulson and May after the check-in on uh, Robbie Reyes, the ghost rider here, is that, uh, oh yeah, by the way, we'll have to open that bottle after we escape, which they return to in a little bit. Uh, Coulson explains Mac must stay plugged in in order to survive, um, but they need help, and help should be on the way, Matt. Aboard Zephyr 1. Cut to Zephyr 1 on fire. Um, Yo-Yo at this point is asked to go get a Hoozy and a Whatsy, and she's back before the words are barely out of Simmons's mouth. I must confess, Pete, in all the action and the note-taking and the, the tweeting and whatnot, I wasn't entirely clear why she needed to have the hose. Uh, but luckily it was made very visually clear by, uh, episode director Kevin Tancherowen, uh, a, a name we, of course, always love to hear as directing an episode, um... Yo-Yo has the hose one way. Simmons is trying to get the other. They, they have to get it together, Pete. It's the old, you know, plug the thing in to make it work. Um, this is intercut, Pete, with Davis. We called him goatee guy last 
time. It's Davis, darn it. He's going to be around a long, long time, I have no doubt. <laughs> um, he can only see what's what's in front of him, you know, with all this stuff he's focusing on flying. Like, hey, Pete, is that a bad guy plane flying towards us? Is that a is it on a kamikaze run? I believe he's going kamikaze. Um, lot going on here. Lot of action early, certainly. Uh, but uh, in close range there. Uh, Piper suddenly woos after they've taken it out and they live to fight another day. Woo-hoo, indeed. With that, Pete, we cut to Ada, who I guess we're calling Ophelia now. Yes. Um, so we cut to Ophelia stepping into the water, Pete. Watch out. Um, it feels so real, so great. Human feelings are swell. She's just so happy, Pete. It's like one of those ASMR videos, but it's like her, her piggy toes in the water. Uh, Fitz, meanwhile, still overwhelmed. Horrific a uh, acts have been carried out by him in her name. Pete, she is really quick to do what some of the best bosses do. She blames her boss. She had to carry out Radcliffe's general plans, um, which is an interesting immediate twist. This notion that she was doing all these bad things within a clearly defined, albeit broad, parameter I think it's great writing, Pete, because I started to feel a little sympathy for her, which I believe is a setup for when she gets even more bad mm -hmm. later on. Yes. But Pete, she feels like her heart's going to burst from all the joy she has. It's love. Yeah. And Fitz feels like he's going to get sick in the sea. Um, so the discussion of what happened in the framework and interesting how they've established that they maintain that lifetime full of memories back into the real world, um, which of course has bearing on the way this episode ends, but um, that uh, she changed, obviously the father role, the one other change she made, Matt was introducing herself to Fitz at the Academy and with the wonder of the sea and the joy of being with Fitz and the, the other heart bursting, uh, emotions she's able to choose for the first time and she's choosing Leopold before they but oh am I even allowed to say the the b word when it comes to a teleporting verb I don't think I am copyright uh 20th century fox <laughs> well Pete they vanish there's a really really nice shot because Pete Kevin Tantrowan isn't just about the the beefcake of of fight scenes he knows the cheesecake of just a well well composed moment there are their feet pete uh, uh in the sand as the water comes over it pete there were two sets of footprints that day as we head to the act break Act two begins to unfold, Matt, with Daisy explaining how it's not that simple to Yo-Yo uh, that she tried to uh, get Mac to come, uh, which she refers to the framework as a video game. And then finally, in frustrating frustration, blurting out that he didn't want to leave hope. Wait, his daughter Yes, this 10-year-old, bright, adorable girl um, that uh, Mac cannot live without. Pete, I know 
that most of our audience have uh, have been impressed by the performance of Chloe Bennett uh, these last four years. I know that you, Pete, have been a fan of hers since the short-lived uh, dance-themed program on Team a Teen Nick called The Nightlife that aired the summer of 2010. Listen, under- I have I have audio tracks on my iPod, Matt, of uh, Chloe Bennett's uh, stuff, EPs from Asia. With all of that background, Pete, I still found it surprising the the raw potency, the honesty in Chloe Bennett's performance in this scene. Uh, I felt like she was genuinely trying to explain to Yo-Yo the things she was saying, which you might say, well, yeah, that's the point of acting. I have no complaint about all that has come before, before this performance in this scene, but this was a whole new level of just raw honesty. And if we are setting up the Mac likely death from last episode to the Mac is back next episode. It's on performances like this, that that rather fast uh, turn is going to happen. And there was just a, there was a soul bearing honesty to the entire, the entire scene where she's explaining um, why Mac couldn't come back. She simply couldn't do it. And, uh, and also adding some necessary exposition that he just can't be unplugged. Not easy information to necessarily deliver an emotional uh performance about oh your your boyfriend wouldn't come back from the virtual world because he didn't remember you but uh it's effective and um explaining having that explained yo-yo wants to go in and uh Chekhov's framework, Matt. Uh, yeah, Daisy explains this is inhuman. That would be a really bad idea. Indeed, she does, which comes off as a passing comment. And for the for the first time, I was like, "Huh, yeah, I guess that would be the case." I really hadn't thought. Just like Pete, when there were these early references to the framework, kind of third quarter of the LMD storyline, you kind of say, oh yeah, I, I kind of hadn't thought of what that place would look like. Eh, whatever. Same thing here. It's sticky enough to just stick with you. I mean, this is classic Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mention this thing that stays with you, but doesn't stick out its sore thumb as though it's a, uh, it's foreshadowing for later on. But yeah, what would happen to Elena if she were to get plugged in? Well, we get a little snippet of that later on. But first, Pete, we cut to Coulson, who says that uh, he knows where they are. It's an under, uh, underwater Russian base. Um, May, around this point, wants an epinephrine shot so she can become kind of superpowered in the short term. Pete, that's just like what happened in the framework. It is. And um, Chekhov, again, heavy in this particular episode of front-loading something that eventually comes around some in short order others take a little bit longer uh but colson having been a history teacher in the framework knows where they are he knows about the background of russians building platforms in the 50s with uh submerged uh submarine stations um before we wind back up with daisy uh and simmons watching Talbot on TV. Yes, it is an on-delay news presser. That's that's how you say it, Pete. It's a presser. Um, Talbot delivering this, this scathing uh, uh, 
judgment onto the the lack of clarity going on in shield headquarters uh there's a crater that has been left there by the explosion they're still sifting through the rubble the uh the participation of daisy johnson has not been ruled out many people from shield are still at large so certainly some fill in the blank there as to the particulars involving um why zephyr one has been on the the run for these 10 11 days Having left the beach with Ophelia, uh, Fitz has been transported to a beachfront apartment there, kind of similar to the one that his dad lived in, in the framework. Oh, I thought it was reminiscent, perhaps even a redress, of Madame Hydra's suite in the Triskelion. Might even have been a little bit of both, just shot in, uh, in different ways. Um, but, uh... Ophelia uh, reasons that a familiar space would have been a good idea here for him. Um, and having felt his uh, touch before in the framework, she's ready for the ecstasy of his real touch, Matt. But quickly, the conversation settles on empathy. Clearly the word for most of this episode. And... Um, she notes how confusing all of this must be for Fitz, um, that he was uh, ruthless and that she was ruthless to win the hand of the man she loves. And Pete, yes, there was this teensy-weensy change in the framework where his father played a major role uh, throughout his adult life. It's not her fault, Pete. She says she blames the programming, Pete. It's almost like Pete. She is the head of this this national operation here, but in no way can accept any responsibility for for the foibles going on under her watch. Nay, Pete, from the products of her tiny little hands. Um, <laughs> all of this is mentioned, by the way, what, with, with with Fitz. What's happening with Fitz's friends, Pete? Take us back under the sea to where robots are attacking. <laughs> uh yes quickly we note that uh there are multiple russian robots here so uh whether they are exact copies clones or there's some idea that some of them are different a little later in the episode it's not quite spelled out all you need to know all you understand now is that the ivanov who got his face taken off was one of many the other guy having the hammer was an Ivanov and they're looking around there for uh, somebody to play with Matt. And they instead find a, um, an ampule of uh, epinephrine smashed on the floor before may attacks and Mac continues resting in his little tube there as uh, Colson gets involved. Yes. It's a, it's a, I mean, classic Kevin Tantrowan here, great fight, super speed. Uh, I even wondered, Pete, if they sped the film up a tiny bit just to add extra fury to May's uh, attack here. 
Coulson, however, not the recipient of the epinephrine. Uh, so he has to use his brains, Pete. He backs one of the robots into the old puddle o water and then throws the old shocky cord into it. And uh, this Pete, while uh, May is going, I think as the kids say, all ham on the other one. And uh, <laughs> indeed hammers his head clean off with some uh, off-screen kind of beep boop boop power down sparky spark sounds because uh they don't really want to show ming na wen smashing in the skull of a man on network television i mean is is this the scene that led to uh ming na wen's uh brace it's certainly physical there were times it was kind of lit in shadow so you're wondering how much uh may have been the uh the stunt double uh, but it ends with May on the ground panting and Coulson over her and not the way that we want. No. there, Pete, if things weren't jam-packed enough a couple scenes ago, there was the notion that uh, if she did black out from the epinephrine, after all, Coulson could give her mouth-to-mouth. -mouth. Here, uh, May is spent but awake and, and Coulson leaning over her. Um, and uh, all of this happening while elsewhere on the base or perhaps at the at the intersection of the base and the sub, uh, one Ivanov tells, uh, actually, it appeared to not be another Ivanov, Pete. If you can imagine, there's still some uh, some flesh and bone, just generic bad guys out there. Regardless, pack the sub and prepare to launch the torpedoes. As Coulson and May are recovering, uh, more Russians direct other Russians, all the same one, Matt, to put uh, items on board. And uh, noting that it's going to be a shame that he will miss this place as we end Act 2. Act 3, Matt and the submarine is headed away, but some torpedoes are headed back towards the base. Uh, Coulson is carrying a worn-out May up. Coulson admits, however, Matt, he's not exactly been honest with May. He drank that bottle. And to that, May says, you piece of boom. With that, the torpedo hits, water leaking. Thank goodness, Pete, because I don't know that I'm allowed to watch TV shows that use the salty language. Um, but Pete, with the water gushing in, uh, Colson says that they can go up. But wait, Pete, classic dramatic uh, formation here. They can't leave Mac, but they need to. Yikes. It's all just chaos. Back to Fitz and Ophelia and seemingly related. She's suddenly having trouble thinking clearly. She doesn't want to die. She's feeling fear for the first time. Yeah, Pete, and some interesting use of her language here. She uh, admitting, of course, to being uh, overwhelmed. She says she's trying to analyze. She's kind of trying to do these computer things but now no longer has the computer um skill set if you will um and and can't contain the emotion in order to think clearly uh, if there's one failing with moving ophelia to the real world i kind of wish we got one radcliffe scene it would have to take place in the framework given that's where his consciousness is um, to maybe explain what the parameters are with her, because to give her the, this slew of inhuman powers, but make her real. 
oh yeah, and you know she's got all this other information. I feel like we we've made her too powerful to almost comprehend. I I disagree for two reasons. First of all, not knowing the the parameters of her her physical state, her powers, if you will. Uh, it gives you that great shocking ending to uh, the last episode. It gives you the great mid-episode surprise that she has the the electricity power. I think it also just kind of frees you up writing-wise to go, boom, and surprise, she has this power as well. Um, second, I I don't see her as, as overpowered, Pete. The fact that she is used to thinking a certain way and now can't. Um, she can't take this jumble of data and organize it as a computer does and um, and forego the the actual feeling of emotions. I I think it, it diffuses her in a really interesting way because now these basic things, whether it's toes in the sand or whether it's some of the stuff she wants to feel later, Pete, uh, lust and violence, um, they're actually stumbling blocks to the way she was and she's not yet prepared to be the person that she is. But Fitz seems to have an opening here that, you know, she can feel compassion. Think about all of the, the hurtful things that you did. They're not your choice. <clears throat> Empathy, not fear. That's what we're going to concentrate on. And she uses her ability to teleport to Ivanov and wants him to call off of the dogs. Uh, and he calls this irony, da or ya or whatever they say. Um, and indeed, Pete, he says that she is just like an infant feeling things for the first time. Uh, at this point, she puts him against the wall. And because this is kind of, he appears to be Ivanov Prime, you know, what with the the muscle shirt and his muscles and whatnot. Um, and we've seen kind of his uh, quote unquote copies uh, existing more in the black outfit. There's there's a feeling of uh, of of tension here and of uh, gravity. Um, but he reminds her, hey, this body is just a body. There are many. His head was severed from the body, and it's somewhere that she knows not. Which is a super awesome twist, Pete. The idea that he can just. I mean, you know, we don't know how his copies are being made. We kind of don't need to. Um, but the fact that there's potentially endless Ivanovs until we get to the Krang-like brain is uh, a really, really fun story twist. It's funny that you went there because I'm also focused on, all right, so long as the brain's in play, um, the the ability for these other copies, and we'll talk a little bit about that in our, our Level 7 segment a little later on. Um, so, of course... Uh, the the head that uh, she had taken off him before becomes the thing that she regrets the most. With that, Pete, she quick teleports uh, away, gets fits and teleports again. To the top of the rig we go, though. It's collapsing. It's all coming down. Yo-Yo can't get down there because the unseen uh, stairwell is also damaged and whatnot. They need to all get in the containment module ASAP. But Pete, what about Mac? Oh no, was was our pal Jen Phillips seven two one on Twitter? Was she actually wrong, or is this where they're going to officially kill Mac and twist the knife in us? It appears that way. The story making it clear: super powered yo yo can't get down there. She gets into the containment module. 
Yeah. Um, Yo-Yo is unable to leave, but uh, that's not exactly the way that it winds up. And uh, Ada, Bits, Mac all suddenly teleport with some water uh, on board the Zephyr 1 fantastic scene i love that there's the added uh size of the teleport to bring the water with it uh the water effect all wonderful mac there hoorah um ophelia at this point passes out um and uh she's barely passed out when simmons in a uh in a steely jawed but hopefully precautionary manner uh ices ophelia then turns the gun shoots fits Pete, it feels real, even though we know it's nicer. Um, and then Simmons does the old, hold your hand to your to your ear, because you're radioing someone. <laughs> we have Mac. And then Pete, what effect ends this act? Again, more of that magic from Mark Kolpak. That would be all sorts of chaos and explosions, Matt, on the top of the rig as we end act three. After the act break, we have Mac on the table. Everyone is shocked at the condition of S.H.I.E.L.D. HQ. They've returned to it. It's ruined, Pete. It actually, it hurts seeing the old base turned over in such a way. Although, uh, to be fair, it's probably just a, uh, you know, it's some black paint and it's some flotsam and jetsam thrown there. But, Pete, it's, it's our base and it's all beat up. And Who did uh, it, Matt? Who, who laid waste to their base? Well, Pete, that was uh, a whole bunch of evil robots, as I do recall. Yes, and the recap there for May of what went on really kind of the surrogate viewer with some reminder of, of what's taken place in the interim here. We, we see the hangar. They're suddenly um, exploring throughout the base uh, May uh, passes by the uh, the mace photo helping uh, survivors in Berlin that made him famous. A little bit of a of a tear there, and that white room, Matt, um, within their base, and the use of the module as well, where Fitz and Ophelia are currently stashed. Yeah, like the kind of progressive reveal, everything is so beat up. The containment room less beat up, um, but not so beat up that it can't hold Fitz and Ophelia. Um, and uh, they, of course, are, are parked in there. There's uh, back to back to the bay uh, of Zephyr One. There's a great moving shot. May, Colson, Daisy, Yo-Yo recapping the situation. What's going on? Like Kevin Tantaro and camera always on the move. Looks uh, like they weren't detected, Matt. So when we say it, it looks like we weren't detected, they weren't detected, right? Because it looks that way. Pete, guaranteed, absolutely positively, no one knows that they're there. Um, the discussion, should they kill Ophelia? Well, they can't chop off her head now. She's human. Uh, then they emphatically says no more killing. So Pete, there is still some good in her. Colson also explains that the powers that they've seen um, Ophelia exhibit, they technically first encountered with Gordon. You know, remember the blind guy uh, back with uh, Afterlife all the way in the second half of season two after uh, Sky, the then Sky's transformation uh, into an inhuman. But um, 
that individual with that particular skill set, he could be contained in their little module. Uh, there's also a discussion here about the state fits is in. Uh, Simmons is desperate to have uh, Colson and May confirm the lack of reality for the framework. It was all like a dream, right? You're, you've woken up. It's all going away. The real you is sliding back. No, no, Pete. Although not mentioned, we know what Colson is thinking. He's thinking that it's like he had himself a little Resican uh, flute. It's like he lived a whole other life like Captain Picard did. Sorry, I was just playing my uh, my shield flute. <laughs> so I love that the show commits to the idea that these characters who who were um, duplicitously plugged in, uh, Coulson, May, and Fitz in particular, and of course Mac still as a as an X factor. These are our lives that they have lived. Now, Pete, next season, praying and hoping that there still is a next season. Yeah, but fingers firmly crossed right now, Matt. Um, but, uh, next season, can their great weight of guilt disappear much as, uh, Fitz's totally permanent brain damage did after about six or seven episodes? Sure. But I mean, this is a show that goes hyper fast. I love that they're committing to the idea that no, May has these sins, um, that she will continue to carry with her and times 10 times a million for Fitz. I, too, appreciate, Matt, how they've explained the rules of what went on in the framework. This was not a dream. They lived a life and they've maintained all of that experience. Um, Simmons pointing that out. Then uh, as she's left, Daisy pointing out that she's afraid that Fitz will be the same as in the framework. And then Yo-Yo pointing out, no, she's afraid he loves someone else before we cut to Ophelia. Indeed, Fitz waking up, Ophelia staring at the broken TV view. Hey, she can tell the difference now. Uh, this wonderful irony that uh, now she's looking at an artificial reality in their, uh, in their prison. Uh, they both talk about the burden of the decisions that they have made in the framework. And then Pete, it's all hammered home. Fitz says that he has turned out he who has been led astray by a father figure. What once was good now turned bad. He's just like Ward. Oh, oh, the yeah. pain, Pete. It was, it was a pretty powerful scene. I have to admit from Ian DeCasticker, um, in terms of, you know, how he has battled that particular character. He was kind of like the little brother and then felt the anger. And now he sees a lot of similarity. And, and it, it's interesting, too, for the audience to see that, particularly in light of some of the dynamic over the, the four seasons. Um, Simmons is watching this. She's us, Matt. She's crying. Um, and Fitz wonders aloud, how can she look him in the eye again? Uh, the memory of seeing him shoot that woman. Um, it's, it's almost too much to bear. It, it is a heartbreaking scene, perhaps a tad too long. Maybe there's an argument to be made that there was 10 seconds, 20 seconds that could have been cut to really punch things up. But a minor, minor criticism. These are earned character moments. 
Ophelia leads uh, Fitz to realize that this whole time, despite the ringing of the heart that he totally is in love with, say it on one, two, three, one, two, three, Ophelia, but he says, Simmons. <gasps> Uh-oh, Pete. This is yeah. not good. I, I, maybe a couple points off because now it becomes, you know, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned, but Ophelia has built all of this to lead to, but you'll love me for the real me now that I'm a real girl. And uh, he has said no, Pete. Amid the talk of, uh, you know, the sad but beautiful nature of life and pain that can even feel good. But what about her? What about me? No, she's got this brand new emotion now, Matt. Ophelia does. Uh, explains how she crawled. I'm sorry. She clawed her way. Uh, through that other world to have him, that she's chosen him. And this is where Simmons puts emotion aside and uh, rescue to the forefront and explains that she needs to extract fits from the containment module. Well, Pete, that's going to be easy peasy, what with all our heroes all together. Except, wait, Pete, Talbot and his team has arrived. All that talk about them sneaking in undetected was actually a little bit of a ruse on the part of the writers, if you can imagine it. Um, so now there's this uh, standoff in the uh, in the uh, gangway there, the opening portion of Zephyr 1. Uh, meanwhile, uh, uh, Ophelia can't teleport out. And um, just wonderful pacing here. Fitz is able to get back into the... Uh, into the uh, the transportation box there, the containment box, which of course has the front door and the back door. He's pulled out the rear exit by Piper and company while, uh, so uh, Ophelia, who I still want to call Ada Pete, but Ophelia is going to stay contained. And uh, at least that's easy peasy, Pete. She's going to stay contained. She can't teleport out. Yeah, we've got her, right? But that's not her only power. And suddenly she's unleashing the electricity we've seen with uh, Lincoln. Matt, I think I saw some invisibility in there, too. Regardless, Pete, she's showing a cornucopia of powers here. And uh, just when you thought she was contained, she's not. And um, she's able to use her electricity towards the the devices i think we could assume are, are blocking her teleportation until they explode she teleports she's out to end the act act five and uh talbot here always good to show up with a couple of one-liners in tow um Coulson explains that they are not robots to Glenn and uh, Talbot explains that he's going to assume every single one of them is a damn C-3PO. Beep, boo, beep, indeed, Pete. And you have to buy the rage that he's showing. It's not just kind of the opposing force because we had that uh, press conference scene earlier the notion that everybody could be a robot, which is like, what? That storyline was forever ago, but <laughs> not for him. It's within the last week or two. Um, he recounts the, uh, the, the, the price that has been paid in the real world. Mace's dead body has been found. Of course, S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters uh, all, all turned over. There are dead S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. Can Colson explain this in 60 seconds? Well, He's going to try to explain. Luckily, we don't need that explanation. We cut to Fitz and Piper and company uh, having their own standoff with the army guys, uh, at which point Pete, in a very uh, 
almost seductive way, Ophelia appears behind one of them, pulls his gun. Kind of a grisly moment as he gets shot through the back of the head and there's blood and whatnot, and then she disappears. She's unhinged at this point, and Fitz uh, lets everybody know that she can't be contained. She's uh, she's found a workaround uh, as far as inflicting violence amongst among them. Uh, Coulson then uh, finishes up, and then the the base under the oil rig fell into the sea. Um, Overcomes. They uh, try to find out where uh, that speedy Gonzalez girl is. Um, I don't know and, how I feel about that line, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I kind of that one kind of stuck for me as well. Um, I think because it's Talbot, we're you know used to kind of the, the the rough and dirty judgment, but yeah, a little bit of a of a rough end there. Um, May explains that Ada got out. And then there's Piper, Matt, to plug uh, Ophelia. But, of course, that's not good enough. Pete, amidst all this tension, we uh, have intercut the standoff with Talbot. And then, of course, Ophelia, who is uh, shot repeatedly by our stalwart pilot from the top of the episode. And um, it's around this point, Pete, where I think that we're starting to realize that she's uh, truly unstoppable. Though Fitz and Piper get to the containment box, we see Ophelia is still alive. She regenerates. It is implied that she uh, she kills her uh, attempted killer. And um, a nice, modest effect. No complaint there. Just the, the, the wider shot of her uh, leaping up and her wounds kind of uh, glowing as they as they heal. And um, so she clearly still is... Uh, it, it, can we say an X Factor, Pete? I think that might have been the second time I said it. We're going to get a bill from uh, 20th Century Fox. You but... are, man. I'm not saying these things. <laughs> Regardless, Pete, Talbot has heard all he needed to hear. He's letting Zephyr One leave while the army crew stays on the base. Well, if not for the fact that uh, Daisy had him uh, at the other end of the gauntlets there prepared to use them if necessary, but allows them to take off there. They're going to search the base for any more threats and any more bodies. And uh, it's right about at this point, they're all set to, to take off. Wait a minute. Yo-Yo isn't around. Where is she? Boom, Pete. She's plugged into the framework on Zephyr 1 so that she can get to Mac. We had to expect that this was coming. We're not going to leave Mac in the framework without any kind of uh, fight. I like how they round back to it that, oh, wait, what was she doing during that standoff? And suddenly she's plugged in. Uh, they explain that she has no idea what she's headed in for. Ivanov, meanwhile, is with Ophelia and he explains to this uh, Yushka, I believe he referred to her as, uh, that it is called heartbreak. What he is, what she is experiencing right now. She takes a shot and surmises that to be human is to suffer, and that she's nothing but uh, torn and twisted inside. She's got that dark hold, Matt. Um, Ivanov says that he can make her feel something else, and we think for a minute this is a sexual overture, uh, but nope, he's keeping it real, Matt, that that book, it can build worlds, uh, but it doesn't hurt that they 
are unstoppable, but she wants them to suffer. Now, she also wants him to make her feel something. And uh, she straddles him before she smashes the bejesus out of that robotic copy's head. Turns out she didn't want what we thought she wanted, but instead wanted to feel the kill. Um, but he is no no sooner, quote-unquote, dead than one of his doubles appears feel better now. And again, I just... I love this character of Ivanov the Superior. Um, I know he hasn't been in as many episodes as uh, as we might have thought, uh, a discussion we had a couple episodes ago, uh, but really establishing his presence here in a fantastic way and, uh, you know, in a character that thus far, Pete, unless, I don't know, something happens to his brain in the next hour of TV, will just last forever. Um <laughs> But that's, that's for the future. We cut Pete back to S.H.I.E.L.D. HQ, Talbot finishing up one last look. Nothing is left. And Pete, as soon as they walk out, I mean like the last guy <laughs> had just had his boot leave the doorway. Pete, isn't that the Ghost Rider portal that's starting to fire back up? It is indeed the orange glow here with uh, the men explaining to Talbot that they lost three men, not sure to what. The clear out they'll have, of course, Hazmat come back through. That device lights up. The Ghost Rider comes through, and we are ready for our tag, Matt. Maybe the shortest in the history of this show. But potent nonetheless. Yo-Yo wakes up. We see that there is fire around her. The camera pulls backslash up it is an overhead shot she's on a a medical table one for experiments her arms are strapped down the the world in this one shot seems to have gone to to chaos this world of the framework and pete we are left asking ourselves if uh maybe this wasn't such a good idea i noted a different hairstyle too i'm interested to see all the flourishes they might take with uh, Yo-Yo's character, what what regret she had might be changed in there. Maybe the, the loss of her cousin or anything like that to uh, kind of have changed her. And then there's the, the stuff we got from Slingshot, Matt, which would certainly add another element to the character. But it's a world gone mad, and we leave her right in it. The Dossier a detailed look at our bad guys. First up, Matt, the former superior, Ivanov. Indeed. Uh, it is always great to see Zach McGowan on screen as Ivanov. Uh, recently cast in a movie where maybe he wasn't the best choice, some people say, on account that he's playing somebody that looks nothing like him. But he's well-suited for the superior here, Pete. There is a there is a twinkle to his eye where you know he's up to trouble. And um, just th there have been points in S.H.I.E.L.D. where kind of the second-level bad guy um, doesn't always pop. You don't always have a story arc to them. Uh, I'm thinking of... Uh, of uh, Mr. Guerra, for example, who just kind of existed in the periphery for eight or ten episodes. Not so with Ivanov, not so with Zach McGowan, and um, I'm glad that we get to have more of him, although not for nothing, the fact that they've said, find the brain, end the me, uh, could be a bit of a ticking time bomb. A Chekhov's brain, if you will. 
I'm hopeful we could return a little bit more to his grudge with Colson, really kind of his reason for being on the show early, hoping to solve a lot of what he viewed as the world's problems by taking care of the guy who always seemed to be uh, in and around them. Um, and that's referenced with the restrictions being taken off of his uh, his doppelgangers there. But uh, looking to get a little bit more of him in the uh, finale. How about Ophelia, Matt? We have this, uh, you know, uh, robotic girl made flesh in the real world. Pete, we saw her in this episode put her feet in the water. Later in the episode, we saw her teleport with water. Come on, Pete, we got to be setting up a watery <laughs> grave for the, the, the end of the Ophelia arc, a character that's been with us uh, this entire season. Will uh, it be suicide? Will, will it be self-inflicted or some kind of uh, strange accident that people witness and have entirely too many details to have witnessed but not helped? Uh, I'm going to vote more like Doc Ock death where it's going to be because i can imagine abc going okay suicide where she you know puts a bullet in her head can we can we do this differently um the notion that uh that that perhaps like she's gotta she's gotta go down with the 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 ticky time bomb into the water i mean look it's got to be water based that's that's to me that's a given um but um some kind of noble noble self ending um where you know she's going to go in there and uh, uh receive the explosion of the bomb so nobody else uh can be hurt that kind of thing that's where i expect her end to be pete of no end of joy to we viewers is talbot who is a bit of a bad guy in this episode yeah certainly cast in an antagonistic light uh, foiling our hero's return here to the fallen shield base, looking to uh, give them a hard time. He's he's got good reasons, but for uh, our hero, certainly an obstacle in this episode. Welcome to level seven. Time to analyze and theorize. What you got, Matt? Well, I know I touched on Ophelia meeting an end here, meeting a watery grave. Uh, I'll give a little optimism. Uh, as as mentioned before, our, our pal Jen on Twitter has definitely brought me around back to the church of Mac, that uh, Mac will be back. Um, I, 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 I look forward to that. I'm reminded of a Twitter conversation, not to turn this into mailbag, Pete, but here's another theory that I believe was uh, brought up by uh, by mary kirk where is the 3d person printer at this point and and has it gone down with the sub or pardon me with the the oil rig or was it on the sub because that brings into play what theories we can make regarding other people coming from the framework into real life yeah i can definitively say when it was being used it was on the uh oil uh rig platform now, is it mobile? Are there more of them? Um, it's do they have a plan? Do they have a plan? And the robots it's it's made and or more humans it might 3D print from the framework. I mean, listen, that's that's a, a couple of keystrokes away in in the writer's room in your script for next week. Um, I'm kind of surprised, Matt, 
for the weight of this episode, and and you and I have discussed this a little bit already, how much it felt like denouement, given the the framework resolution, at least as far as the multitude of characters who were in there, it's going to be much more intimate. I get a feeling much uh, uh, more hellish with uh, just Yo-Yo in there um, and and Mac trying to make sense of it all. Um, I'm really interested to see, is it the same? How much has it changed? What's it like for her? Who is she like in the framework? It, it is interesting to think that they have jam-packed into the final hour of the season a a return to the framework um i feel like still somewhat left unresolved was the the promise uh of a scene where hey ward come look there's people outside the tv studio uh we'll be gunned down by we'll fight the good fight no no i think they're with us so could that be something that just never gets shown sure but i feel like if we're going to return to the framework it's like word triumphant. Um, does that then mean we mean we get to see Trip one more time? Um, uh, Pete still waiting on the uh, the Nick Blood cameo that I was sure he was going to be in a multiple episode arc. So if he shows up somehow in the framework, I guess that's a possibility too. Let alone now Yo Yo and Mac reunited and Yo Yo getting Mac back, even if it means. Uh, kicking him, breaking his legs and throwing him through the portal, which, by the way, does she know where the portal is? If not, Pete, either we need to get on the Matrix cell phone and tell her where to go, or more people need to go into the framework, let alone there's still Ophelia and Ivanov. Can they do all this in one hour? Well, Pete, I know that there are episodes that <laughs> there are episodes that jam in in 42 minutes as much note-taking for you and I as some <laughs> of the hour-long Marvel uh, Netflix stuff. So... Yeah. They could definitely get it in. Can it be as exciting as the topsy turvy uh, uh, bulk of the framework episodes? I don't know, but I can't wait to find out. I think of the past two season finales, which you know we're recording on a Wednesday after watching in the ten o'clock time slot Eastern time. Um, you know Tuesday, back when we were right to uh, right to the podcast and, and watching those two hour finales, you, you felt punch drunk with just the sheer amount that went on. You know, I think of that season two finale with the aircraft carrier and everything that, that went on there uh, just kind of a blur, but in a, in a good way. Um, it seems strange to think that, you know, they have all of this to tie up in 44 network minutes um but i'm i'm interested to to see what they're gonna do i know matt you got one other theory pete here's my theory that that we can we can all agree on my theory is next week's agents of shield is not the final episode of agents of shield whether we get a 13 episode season a 10 episode season whether we get magically transported to netflix it cannot be the end, and that is a theory that I believe deep in my heart, regardless of ABC getting American Idol, regardless of uh, whatever the inf the effect for uh, the schedule might be within humans and whatnot. This cannot be the end. We cannot be down to our final episode. Encrypted transmissions. 
Let's check the wire, Matt. First up, we have another voicemail from our friend from down under, Jeremy Richards. Hi, this is Jeremy from Melbourne, Australia, with a few observations from the latest episode. It was a great scene of the uh, human ADA being 3D printed. Just wow. I mean, wow in many ways. Uh, It was a fantastic depiction of confusion and regret of Fitz after he ejects from the matrix, sorry, uh, the framework. Uh, It was really touching that the writers allowed Mac to choose hope over reality. Oh, sorry to get political there. Again, it was a wonderful depiction of the ripple of computer code showing Mac and others they really are in something artificial. I think the effects there were just amazing. And it was wonderful treatment of Trip, repaying some of the injustice of taking him from us too soon, all that long time ago. Thanks again for a great podcast, guys. See ya. Pete, so honored that Jeremy took the time. And I know that uh, just as we were wrapping up this podcast, uh, he had reached out with another one. So, Jeremy, tell you what, for next week's episode, you, you, you get us that message. We'll make sure that for next week's podcast, next week's episode, you get, you get your comment in. Uh, working, on, working on a little bit of a, uh, of a schedule, Pete. You know, we, got the, we are a secret uh, agent stuff going on in the real world but uh great points there from jeremy certainly uh yowza on ada and um it, it continues to resonate perhaps uh this notion of mac staying for hope big h and small h and um on the page it probably feels a little a little overdone but uh it comes out just right yeah, certainly agree with all of the analysis there by Jeremy. To Facebook, Matt, where we had a couple of responses to this episode. We'll start with uh, Robert T. Frost, who writes, Episode 20, I can't remember whether the B-team with Yo-Yo and Piper is in Zephyr 1 or a Quinjet, but the episode leads us to believe that they have been in the air for 10 days. What size fuel tanks are these aircraft equipped with to stay aloft this long? Speaking of Yo-Yo, will she go into the framework to save Mac? Well, we've answered that one now, haven't we? Um, I wanted to say hats off to Mark Kolpak for the effects this week, but I'm glad I double-checked. Daryl Burgess was listed as the special effects foreman for this episode and should be included, along with recognition for Mallory Jansen's acting. All the effects in this episode were fantastic, but I especially was taken with the scene where Ophelia comes to life, just like Jeremy was. Uh, There was just a little something, a little extra something in not only Jensen's demeanor, but the overall coloring and animation or the lack of around her eyes. While brief, this moment was the highlight of the whole episode for me. You know, Pete, on that topic, somehow they made Mallory Jansen, who is uh, a lovely lady with distinctive features, they made her, uh, certainly in the hair and makeup department, they made her look a little different in this Ophelia form than she Mm -hmm. has in the past. It is amazing how they, between her her performance uh, and what she brings as an actress, um, and then, you know, costuming and lighting and hair and makeup and all that, how she played kind of, you know, robot Ada, then kind of robot uprising, emotional Ada. Um, she played uh, Agnes. Uh, now she's played Ophelia. I mean, it, it's insane, Pete. This is 22 episodes, and she doesn't even appear in all of them. 
and it's yeah. four characters. I mean, I I definitely picked up what Bob was saying about the the around the eyes. I don't know if it was a, a makeup trick or if it was a uh, another uh, effect of some sort, but it definitely made an impression. John Stewart also wrote into our Facebook page and he makes a prediction, Matt. The final scene of the season will be a flesh and blood daughter of Mac in communication with a mysterious voice that identifies itself as Kathan. That, of course, being uh, connected to the Darkhold from the comics. Well, Pete, the, the notion that you could get hope existing in this world um that's that certainly is a well it's a hopeful one not to overuse the word as as we feared or or as perhaps the writers might have feared that's a nice thought i mean all bets are off i suppose with who can who can make it through uh the only bad bet would be uh more trip given that uh bj Britt, as we've talked about before has um has a show coming on fox so not not free to return next season unless we we want to uh, wish down that show, which is never a nice thing to do. But um, Pete, on the topic of next season, uh, we had a link from uh, yeah, a link email to us from uh, Robert Keeley, our pal, uh, an article from comicbook.com uh, regarding the, the hopefulness for season five. I know that uh, Deadline, a Deadline reporter was clear in saying that she had heard talk. So it kind of was, you know, hush hush stuff, but but not being put forth as the hardest of news uh she had heard the agents of shield would be renewed and uh quickly that became uh on websites proof that it had been stamped and and channing dunham herself had said give me more episodes and signed it in blood uh no no such definitive news yet but uh things continuing to look good and pete as we've been podcasting i keep refreshing the hollywood reporter i keep refreshing deadline no news yet yeah, they're going to make us sweat this one out, Matt. I, I just hope that uh, we get the answer that we're looking for. I, I think, again, things are favorable, but uh, a bird in the hand, you know? And Pete, before we start to wrap things up, I uh, want to mention some of the great communications that we've had with uh, Jen. That's at JenPhillips721, uh, particularly over the weekend I mean, first of all, I should mention Pete. She is a she is an Agents of Shield super fan, and uh, her enthusiasm radiates all across her Twitter feed. Uh, and it wasn't just the fact that she wants Mac back, which I think is, um, you know, to 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 consider all these things for story reasons and not external reasons is is generally the the safest bet. But something that she said on Twitter over the weekend really has kept with me. The notion that uh, Mac is the only uh, main cast African-American character and the, the phrase she used, one that we've all heard before, but one that has stuck with me, representation matters. And as much as I think the story led us to saying goodbye to Mac with a tear in our eye last episode, even before having seen this episode, it was like, you know what? Representation does matter. And yes, there have been black characters killed off in this show before along with the characters of every every color of the rainbow because it's a it, it, it's a it's a bloody trail that uh, the show leaves but external to the story reasons that i felt at the end of episode 420 
representation does matter and boom here we go episode 421 there's more hope for him than there was uh, at the end of the prior episode so here's to uh here's to jen and here's to max hopeful return next episode i think we're going to keep him around uh, i just think the the larger concern right now is this is a show coming back well, Pete, as mentioned, we will definitely update, even with a brief uh, podcast, hopefully one of joy, we will update as soon as we hear. My bet is, I just have this funny feeling, I think it's been Friday's uh, previous years, something tells me it's going to be tomorrow. Uh, I'm not even floating anything, just a weird feeling through the through the geek force or whatever. <laughs> but we will we will get on the horn ASAP to, uh, to celebrate uh, the good news, or, or worst case scenario, not celebrate, but... It'll all, uh, it, we'll, we'll certainly know by the next uh, airing of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So big fingers crossed. We'll be there for you either way. And Pete, there for us are our patrons on patreon.com slash fantastic geek. Keeping the lights on, keeping our Zephyr One aloft in the air. And want to say big thanks to everybody who helps keep that back catalog up. Keep our uh, podcast storage, our bandwidth, who's he what's all, uh, all working just fine. Pete, it's like we're Simmons on one end, they're yo-yo on the other. <laughs> Boom, it's connected and it, and it happens. And everybody wins, Matt, because uh, everybody who contributes gets exclusive podcast content. There are levels that you may then choose after that. We're grateful for everybody and uh, we couldn't do it without you. Pete, of course, the best gift of all is being able to talk to you on Twitter. More valuable now than ever. What with uh, potentially breaking news for the latest in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. How can people be in touch with you? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R-9232. Followers. Can't be wrong. And while I am personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, please be in touch with the podcast. We are Fantastic Geek. That is Fantastic with the PH, FantasticGeek.com, FantasticGeek at Gmail, Fantastic Geek on Twitter and Instagram as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek, one word with the PH, like it today. Pete, we will be back with news about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s future. And we, of course, will be back this time next week to talk about the exciting Season 4 finale of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. With that, I will say adios to all our hopeful listeners and give you, Pete, the final word. Now make me feel something. 